so to, to frame things, it's we're going to talk about the process and the transformation. And um, like I said, my name is Aaron Brown. I'm excited for the word. We're going to dive into to one scripture before we dive in in prayer. So let's pull up the scripture and kind of give you the context of what we're going to be going over. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 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 So before we dive in, let's uh, open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm excited for the word that you placed on my heart, Heavenly Father. Use me as your vessel. Allow for your word to stir up something, Heavenly Father, that your word speak to the hearts of those listening online, Heavenly Father, that transforming of their mind takes place today, Heavenly Father, that change takes place, Heavenly Father, that the outcome that you have for us takes place, dear Father, Lord. As you just prepare our hearts, you prepare our minds, Heavenly Father. You open us up, open us up to your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. And this morning we welcome your Holy Spirit in our church and everyone's home online, Heavenly Father. That your love, peace, and presence be felt like no other this morning, Heavenly Father. And we receive it in your name. Amen. So what I want to do, church, is I want to extract out verse 2. Verse 2, we'll read it again, is don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I kept reading and reading and reading and reading that over and over and over again and thinking about this season, thinking about this pandemic, how easy it is for us right now to conform to the world's way, which we know that's not the right way to live our life. So early point, you know, when I was reading the scripture and diving in, knowing that Paul wrote that, for me, I, I call that my red flag scripture, being Paul was giving us a very clear warning as believers in Christ, do not conform in the world's ways of thinking. Do not duplicate the things that the world is doing. Like if I can visualize it, it's him with his flag, like, hey, Christian, stop doing, don't do. You are called to be in the image of Christ and not conform to the ways of the world. So I'll kind of plant that there as our, our red, red flag warning. So the first point, to kind of just give it to you folks early, is we need to seek God for transformation of our minds. It's super important right now, much more than ever, is seeking him and asking him to change the way that we think, change the words that we say, change the conversations that we have, change the environment around us, and seek him consistently for that. And then when I thought about Transformation Church and Facebook and YouTube, Something that we struggle with in the flesh is that word called process. Because let's be honest, process takes time. We live in a world of instant gratification. We live in a world of I can go on Amazon and get it in two hours. 
I can go through a drive-thru and get it right now. I can get on the phone and change my cable package and get HBO added today instantly in real time. So what we struggle with, I believe, as believers in Christ is, God, I, I need this transformation. I need this thing to take place. I want you to, to change me, to be like your image. But, God, I don't want to wait. God, but what if the process takes two years? What if it takes three years? God, I'm already 40. God, this takes time. God, I don't have the resources. God, I want it now. But what I've learned is we're going to really break down what process looks like because, church, I'm not to be honest. We've got to be okay with process. we got to be okay with time. Where we have to not be okay is not starting. And those are things that we're going to really dive into our message as we go through. And I was, you know, diving into history, thinking about some things I've learned in high school. So there's a picture I have up, the Colosseum in Rome. Phenomenal building. One day, I hope, you know, after COVID settles, I can, you know, me and the wife can take a trip and go check it out and see it face to face. But something I did know as I was doing my research, it was built roughly, they say, between 70 AD and 80 AD. Ten years. That beautiful structure took ten years of effort consistently people showing up to do their part daily. And if you think about how long ago this was, way before our times, was they say that this facility can hold anywhere between 50 to 80,000 folks at one time, 620 feet long, 157 feet wide. Church, it had tunnels and a hydraulic system, elevators. So when you think about the process even though that building's, you know, it's been weathered, but look how beautiful the building is. And I have to think about it for a minute. A lot of folks probably wanted to give up. Some folks maybe did give up. Some folks probably said, this isn't going to work. How are we going to build a hydraulic system without any machines and robots and tractors and things that weren't thought of at that time? So really planning that word of process and, and patience and endurance and going through that time. Ten years we can say it's a long time. However, the outcome of it was this building that they used to celebrate when they won victories in battle. And then when I was sitting here thinking, I was asking God, you know, like, well, how is this going to tie? Well, how can we use this? Make this tangible. Make this real. Give me a tool that I can use in my personal life. Give me a tool that I can speak and preach on to the church body that we can use and make it practical. And uh, something I was doing was, you know, my world of social media was on Instagram, just do 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 seeing what's on there, Facebook. And this meme popped up. Now, I don't know if you guys all know what memes are, but memes are, I, I guess, they're, they're the way that we communicate. Often I think to tell my kids A through Z and everything that they do. So we'll take a look at this meme that I have. And I was just reading it over and over again. Noah looked like an idiot until it started to rain. So I'm reading this thing, and God says, Aaron, use it. I'm like, but God, it's a meme. God says, well, Aaron, you've asked me what you want to do, and I'm telling you, use this meme for your message and tie it into transformation. I'm like, God, how is this thing going to work? But then I thought about it for a moment. In the spirit of obedience, in the spirit of transformation, in the spirit of process, Noah, which we're going to talk about, because it's one of my favorite childhood stories, there was a process there that took place. However, there was no rain at that time. There was no rain clouds at that time. Imagine us seeing Noah, Noah just walking, doing his thing, building his ark in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, no, why are you building ark, bro? What's going on? But God told him to do it. 
like, bro, I don't see any rain. I don't see any clouds. There's no ocean. There's no water. There's no lake. Why are you building a boat? So when I thought about the meme, I said, God, I, I get it. Because often in our process, there are some people that might look at Brother Josh, who spoke earlier, and say, Josh, bro, why are you doing what you're doing? Often God will tell you the things that don't duplicate the images of the world, but the images of Christ, it's supposed to look foreign to people that don't believe. That's just how it works. So when I'm thinking of that, and I have the meme, and to move us to our second point, I said, you know, let me, let me dive into the word a little bit. So we're going to go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 15 and 16. What I love about this here is you have clear instruction, very detailed instruction, a lot of instruction. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that good at measurements, but I'm just saying amen. That's a lot of measurements right there <laughs> without a, a tape measure. <laughs> Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof. All the way around the boat, put the door on the side, and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. And so I'm sitting here reading this, it's like, that is some clear instruction. And if I tie that to what Noah was doing, he really wasn't an idiot at all. He really got the roadmap. A, B, C, D, E, he literally got it in order, do this, this way. And when I think about Noah, when you dive into, you know, we're not going to do it all this morning. When you dive into the story, he, he did question like any human would do. Thinking about it, if God said, hey, brother, I need you to go do this thing. And you look around, there's no water or anything going on. You're going to have some questions. You may get excited. God, I got you. I'm going to start doing it. But wait a minute. It's been three weeks, four weeks, four months, two years. We're still building this thing. What are we building? Is, is, is there a reason for us building this thing? And what I love in my life, God likes to say, trust me. I don't got to give you the reason. Just trust me and do it. So when I dove in a little bit deeper to really think about, well, about Noah, because I like to, to make things as relatable as I possibly can. One, when you read scripture, before, you know, right when Noah started building the ark, they say the brother was about 500 years old, roughly. That's insane. You know, people live different then, but imagine being in your golden years, we'll say, and you get an instruction like, hey, you're going to build an ark by yourself. Like, I'm seasoned. I don't know if this is going to work. You're going to build an ark by yourself. And something else I was thinking about, what made, made Noah very relatable to myself, is he was blessed with a family, three sons and a wife, at the age of roughly around 500, and was told, build an ark. Here's your blueprint. Go, do it. And then when I think about Noah as just a human being, because what I love about the Bible, the Bible is written about people driven by the Holy Spirit, which makes these people very relatable to how we live our life today. Gives us clear instructions or also gives us clarity on what we shouldn't be doing. And when I thought about all that, because Noah was obedient, he was saved, his wife was saved, Animals and all of mankind were saved from extinction. And me, I've always thought about the kids' version. Oh, animals, animals. You know, when you're a kid, it's an awesome story you hear when you're a kid. But as an adult, I now reflect on it through a different lens. Like, man, 
if he didn't, so I'm going to play the game of the ifs, if he didn't, if he didn't, if he didn't follow instruction, if he didn't keep doing what he was told to do, if he gave a whole lot of excuses and gave up and didn't follow the process, which equaled out the transformation, there's a lot of different questions we can ask about our existence, just to kind of throw that out there a little bit. And knowing that if you read further in Genesis chapter 7, verse 24, it states the waters flooded the earth for 150 years. So imagine, again, being roughly 500, being told to build an ark without technology. It's not a thing at this time. With the family of responsibilities, I couldn't imagine getting all these animals, <laughs> herding them on this, on this ark. And then we're going to float around for 150 years? God, that's a long time. That's an ex 150 years on top of me feeling like I'm already up there, and I got another 150 of dudes just hanging out, waiting for the flood to stop. And think about the questions each and every one of us on Facebook and YouTube would be asking. If God said, I need you to build an ark, and then you're going to float around with your family for about 150 years. Just saying, we're human, right? We would have some questions like, are you sure? We can't Alexa something. Alexa can't send us one. Amazon, someone can't just send it to us. Can, can Siri send it? I can call someone. I can find someone on Facebook and hire me a freelancer. Can I? But God needed Noah to do it. And so now thinking about it a little bit further, you might be wondering, like, how do we connect this to transformation and process? So like in verse 2 we read earlier, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the second point that we have that really ties that in that we see on the screen is to gain transformation, we must be obedient. We must be. It doesn't work with, well, well God, I need help, and I want you to transform me. And then God says, well, son, I need you to do. And then we go, but, 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 I don't, how, can't, can't. Son, I need you to do. Daughter, I need you to do. It might take some time, but I need you to. I'm telling you, church, in order for your transformation to be processed the way it's designed, you must be obedient to instructions. Even if it sounds impossible. We serve a big God, amen. So now we're going to play a little bit of a game. We're going to live in the what ifs a little bit which we were doing a little bit earlier. So the big question I want us to ask ourselves, and we'll just kind of ponder on this for a moment. What if Noah waited, waited until the storm came, then started trying to build the ark? Just think about it for a moment. Noah got clear instructions, and what if he said, God, I'm too busy. I don't have time. I'm worried about looking like an idiot of what my friends might say. I'm worried about my family time, God. I know I, I have my family. I have my responsibilities. I have to do this. I have to do that. But, but God, I'm, I'm about 500 years old. I, I'm about 40. I, I'm about 40, God. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I have another 10, another 20, another. God, I can't. So if you think about it, church, what if he worried so much and that process of building the ark has never taken place. Where will we be? 
Think about it for a moment. So church, the thing I want us to really stand on, to stand firm on here, is do not wait until the flood comes to start your process. Like if I can beg and cry and grab you and really give you one thing that I'm extremely passionate about, do not wait. Because the world's an ugly place. Let's just be honest. The, the world it needs a lot of love. It needs a lot of God. It truly, truly does. And what I've learned is people count on you individually. They, they look at you individually. They look for inspiration from you individually. So do not wait for the flood, the world to crumble. Because often that's what we do. God, I'm not going to do it, God. God, no, I'm busy, God. Oh, but God, it's too hard. I need you now. It's too hard. I need you now. And God's like, I was trying to get your attention a long time ago. I was already calling. I was already Facebooking. I was putting brothers in front of you. I was putting sisters in front of you. I was putting pastors in front of you. I was putting worship music on. I was putting things in your heart. I was talking. I was communicating. I was taking you out of ugly situations. I was popping up in situations you shouldn't have been in. But instead, you worried about conforming to the world and not conforming to me. You waited till the flood. But what I love about our father is he still pulls us out. Even though he knows, like, uh, we could have fixed this a long time ago, but you're my son and you're my daughter and I still got you. And that's what I love about our father. He still has us, even when we know we're doing things we should not be doing. So knowing that Paul gave us a red flag warning, that's what I'm going to call it, do not conform into the ways of the world and seek the Father to transform the way that we operate and the way that we think. But going back to Noah, if Noah was around 500, my brothers and sisters, you're not too young, you're not too old. I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to say it again. If Noah was roughly 500 years old, you're not too old, you are not too young to start. Also, if we reflect on Noah, Noah was a man with a spouse and kiss, with sons. Church, you're not too busy. Noah's a, a busy dude. I like to call him a busy brother. Had a family, had responsibilities like a lot of us men do. He still made time and he put God first. And thinking about, you know, I look at my family, it's a blessing that God has gifted me with, right? Noah was obedient, him and his family was saved. So it all benefited not just us, but his own family. So I'm going to ask you this question, church. So we agree that because of Noah's obedience to go through the process, saved him, his family, humanity, and animals from extinction. My brothers and sisters, if you say yes, what does your outcome look like? I'm going to say it again. If Noah said, yes, Jesus, I'm going to build this ark. I'm going to have my questions. I don't know why I'm doing it. It sounds crazy. I'm work the fact is he did it. And because he did it, him, his wife, his sons were saved. All of mankind 
and the animals were saved from extinction because of his obedience to be patient and work through that process, which took time. He could have said, I need a brother, I need a sister, I need a team, I need an army. Because let's be honest, church, if it was me, I'm calling this. Pastor Jack, I need your help. Josh, I need your help. I need you. I don't know how I'm going to build this thing. But, but God didn't work that, work that way for him. He, he, God gave him what he needed to get that done. So if you think about his outcome, and I hate to say it, church, extinction's a big word, right? And um, I don't know if you look around and if you're looking at your family at home, we're all here. You know, um, hopefully we all get an opportunity to, to look at Noah in the face and say, hey, brother, thank you, bro. Because uh, he's one of the few people that I'm like, I owe you a thank you. I, I truly do. Because that crazy thing you did is some of the reasons why we're here. So in church, things to remind ourselves of is we serve a big God. We truly do. We, we serve a big God. He's still creating miracles. He's still making a way. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. No matter how crazy this pandemic is and what we're living through, he's still in the he's still in the control. He's still saving souls. And something that I thought about when I was reading is for everyone saved, a new room in his kingdom is built. He's still building rooms as we say, yes, God, come into my heart. God, yes, I want a relationship with you. God, I give my life to you. God, forgive me for my sins. Another room is built. Another room is built. Another room is built. I don't know if you think like I think. I want him to keep building rooms. I honestly believe our father gets excited when he gets to design a, a fully customized, personalized room for you when you make that decision, church. So to share a little bit about myself, because I, I do get the question, and I'll kind of share. There's his name, Blade, from high school. People still call me that and all that craziness. And people who, like, really, really know me, to see me doing this now, they're like, what in the world is he doing? <laughs> because if I can tell you the Aaron that I know, if I can tell you the flavor that I know, well, brother, that's not me anymore. I'm telling you, that is not me anymore at all. But the thing I got to share is I went through the process. Years ago, I said, Father, yes, come into my life, Father. Work with me. Forgive me for my sins. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm still going through transformation. I'm still not perfect. Yes, I still make mistakes. But I do know that I'm not the same individual I used to be. And then when I think about my process to tie this into Noah, there are other people that said yes before my time that allowed for me to be doing what I'm doing today. And to share a little bit about that, I think about my grandmother. She used to sing worship songs. She used to always say, if all else fails, I hope my grandkids have a relationship with Christ. That's all she would say every time I seen her. The thing that impacted me today and still will forever impact me. Two, I seen God's favor and transformation in my parents' marriage. That impacts me today because my parents said yes and started the process. God brought another brother in his church right over there when my marriage was going through a rough moment. The brother spoke into my life, counseled, shared, prayed over my wife and I. It impacted me. Pastor Semenio, the pastor that was here, I missed that brother a lot. He was the first pastor that said, hey, Aaron, I want you to speak in men's group. I'm like, hold on, Pastor, you've been preaching for about 40 years. I don't know about this. 
And then he goes, brother, I, I need you to preach. Just, I need you to do it. And I will say, church, the night it was one of the best decisions I made to do it. It still impacts me today. And another one I got to share, Pastor Jack has given me another opportunity to minister this morning. It impacts me today. So the moral of the story I'm, I'm sharing, church, is these individuals, no matter what they look like or what people thought they were doing or how weird people may have thought they were, they said yes. They went through their process. And everyone's process is different. That's perfectly fine. But what I'm trying to get you guys to see this morning is their, impro their willingness to be obedient and follow all the directions clearly and follow that process and say yes to God and start, it impacts me which impacts my family, which impacts my future grandkids, which impacts my work environment, which impacts my neighbor, my family members, my friends. And I know it's impacting people on social media right now. So when you think about when God says, I need you to do this thing, or I need you to stand out and I need you to be different, it's never about you. It's about the people you're going to impact for the rest of your life. Because I'll share, my grandmother's gone been gone for years. Impact. Pastor Semenya left us years ago. Still an impact. The fruit in her labor is so relevant and real, more real than it's ever been. So the challenge I want to give the church this morning, my ask is this, is seek God by praying, reading, and fasting. And what does that mean? That means this. Be intentional about your prayer time. Being, when it's time to go put your phone into the room if you have to, turn your TV off, lock your door, go hide in your corner, find a space, spend time, talk to God about everything. And what I love about it, be you, be honest. Whatever you're feeling, whatever struggles you're having, whatever sins that you're battling with, just talk to him about it and let him transform you and work. Because again, Noah was an example of a walking sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Look at the outcome. We're still paying for it or benefiting from it. Two, reading. What that means is intentionally spend time on the word. God, where do you want me to begin? God, what do you want me to read? And here's the thing. I'm not trying to quantify it and say spend an hour. I'm not trying to quantify it and say spend all day. Give him time. Two minutes turns to five, five turns to 15, 20 turns to 30, an hour turns to two. It just becomes a muscle memory. It becomes habit. But you have to start with being intentional about it. Because, again, your efforts, your family benefits, your children benefit, your spouse benefits, your nieces benefit, your coworkers benefit. That brother that said, I'll never come to Jesus, eventually comes to Jesus. I've seen it in my life numerous, numerous times. And I still see it in my life numerous times. And lastly, I want to talk about this one, fasting. The thing, church, often people think fasting means I'm just not going to eat for four hours. And that's not, that's not what it means. Fasting means this, is something you take and you put it aside for a moment. The example would be, I have done social media. God, I'm going to take social media and I'm not going to hop on Facebook for two days. That's hard for me to do, church. I'm honest. It's hard. I love to see what's going on through social media. But what I did was I supplemented that time with reading, putting on worship music, intentional about my prayer life, 
whether you want to say four hours, I'm not going to eat for four hours, or I'm not going to have coffee for eight hours, whatever it might be, I'm going to tell you this, church, that's 100% between you and God. Just, God, what do you want me to give up for you for X amount of time? I promise the revelation, the communication, the clarity, the clarity will be much more clear than it's ever been. So these are things of a challenge and encourage the church to be intentional about it. Be extremely intentional about your fasting or prayer life. Sometimes you're going to have to tell your best friend, like, brother, we can't talk right now. I'm going to go spend some time and just read. I'll call you when I'm done. And I'm going to tell you this for my smartphone users. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. If you can't put it in the car, lock it up, put it away. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. I promise. Put your phone up. It'll be okay. Tell your family I'm going to be in the room for a little bit. Don't come in here unless it's a fire. We'll be okay. (laughs) Church, I want to spend some time and pray before we get into our, our worship. And just, Lord, to the folks that are listening this morning, Heavenly Father, I'm asking that you open their hearts, Heavenly Father, that you prep them for worship, dear Father, Lord. If there's anyone out there that's asking, like, how do I get this thing that Brother Aaron's talking about this morning, Heavenly Father, that you guide them, dear Father, Lord. That you forgive their sins, Lord. That you form a relationship with them, Heavenly Father. And for everyone that's a believer, dear Father, Lord, that you continue transforming our hearts, that you continue building the things you've poured inside of us, Heavenly Father. To be honest, we need more Noahs, dear Father, Lord. And I believe some of us are in this room this morning, Heavenly Father. I believe we have Noahs that are online watching, dear Father, Lord, that are tired. They just want to to stop and give up, but it's not time to stop. It's time to keep moving forward. It's time to start. Church, enjoy this moment of just worship. Be comfortable in your home. Talk to God. Seek. Take some time to seek him. Amen. And enjoy. Enjoy.